do a book review from my perspective um, being a voice teacher and an actor and just like a creative person in general. You can also find this audio from this video on my podcast Help I'm Creative and it's on Spotify or you can just go to anchor anchor.fm I think it is and you can find what other things were on but it's called Help I'm Creative, and I wanted to do a book review on The Body Keeps the Score by Bessel van der Kolk, I think is how you say his name. He's a psychiatrist, um, researcher, educator, uh, based in Boston. He made this 350 plus page book about trauma and different ways of healing trauma. I just went through and wrote down the highlights for me. This is not coming from a psychologist's perspective, it's coming from me and my favorite parts and things that I wanted to share. Maybe it will encourage more people to read the book. It is a very dense book. It's, it's very educational. It's got a lot about neuroscience. I listened to this on Audible, so I'm gonna give you just a general overview of things I liked in the book. The book, its purpose is to use every means we have as a society and people to heal and prevent trauma. He talks about in the beginning Vietnam veterans and working with Vietnam veterans and their PTSD and then he moves on from that. He comes back to it a few times in the book but he's talking about trauma and PTSD and many different types of things. ADD, ADHD. For instance, PTSD is an all-in-one's head. It has a physiological component. So how the body is related to these brain traumas, even if you didn't have what you might think is like the craziest journey in life, you still have some sort of trauma. And I have to, I'm not gonna go into that, <laughs> the different stories. It was very heavy. It was very difficult for me to get through because of the stories. People just, just really, really going through the ringer. And I, as I was reading, I'm like, wow, I feel like I have some triggering things. And I definitely didn't go through some of the things he was talking about. He talks about the different types of parts of the brain. Frontal lobe helps us to imagine the future and empathy. I remember somebody told me one time that, you know, your frontal lobe isn't fully developed until you're pretty old, like in your 20s, early 20s, I want to say. Don't quote me on that. But that's why teenagers engage in risky behavior a lot of the time is because their frontal lobe isn't quite fully developed yet. When we go through a traumatic event, the amygdala that detects danger goes right into fight or flight before our frontal lobe sometimes can rationally be like, 
this is a valid or invalid thing to go fight about. This idea of being an objective observer of your brain and kind of being, having control or having like some, your core self, being aware of your core self and then the, these protective layers that you have on the outside and that the triggers he calls that objective observer, which often comes up in mindfulness as the watch tower. So that has to be online, so to speak, to really make progress because it's objectively viewing what's going on instead of being inside the jar, which I really like. Um, that's not an analogy he uses, but I've heard that on another podcast, Rob Dial's podcast. If you're inside the jar, you can't read the label type of thing. I really liked, he also said, memories aren't remembered as stories with a beginning, middle, and end, but as sensory imprints. So that kind of gives, gives you a sense of really what, that, that sums up a lot. He also said that hyperfocus is a coping mechanism for getting overwhelmed, which is from trauma. He talks a lot about breathing and it makes sense to me why people get so much pleasure from singing and he does talk about singing too but the idea of singing it you have to have a slow longer exhale which is key to calming down your nervous system he talks about attachment styles so if you're interested in that he talks about that he talks a ton mostly about parenting and how different parenting styles affect children and how some very typical behaviors can lead to a child's development later in life and how they perceive the world. He talks about um, adrenaline's effect on memory and a lot on traumatic memories in general, which I think is very relevant for today. Something I really liked he said was, traumatized people are often afraid of their own feelings even more than their perpetrators. This really resonated with me. And he said, in order to change, you must open yourself up to your inner experience and to start noticing interplay between your thoughts and physical sensations. And the mind and body have to believe it's safe to let go and do that and, and go inward and not be afraid of, you know, how you're going to deal with the trigger when it happens. He talks about a ton of ways to heal things that I really didn't expect. He went way beyond talk therapy and medication, and he talks about fighting classes, EMDR, which is um, eye movement therapy, inner child work, which if you ever listen to the podcast, The Adult Share with Michelle Chalfont, she literally will walk you through doing inner child work on the podcast. He didn't put that in the book. That's just something that I know and wanted to share. He said that writing, writing about your experiences really helps and he really makes a case for why art, music, dance, and how taking that those out of the schools is really detri detrimental to kids' development these days. 
He compares eye movement therapy and cognitive behavioral therapy. I was loving this. <laughs> Sleep, yoga, um, pr t uh, pressure points, tapping your pr pressure points. He said one of his former clients wrote to him and said that if you notice your breath, you have to be present. You cannot breathe in the future or past. And that stuck with me. Like, I think of that all the time now. Of course, I loved how much he talked about acting and how much people can benefit from acting, especially kids, kids in foster programs. He talks about how theater can really make such a huge difference in, in people. They are able to really work through some feelings by being another person. And he also talks about IFS, which is a similar idea where people act out their real life with strangers in a class type of thing. So that was interesting. I've kind of been curious about that. I also really liked how he talked about teaching. There was a lot about directed at teachers at the end, like actual practical things that would help teachers. I'm curious to see how a training would look for something like this. And I liked that he said, most bullies have been bullied and they despise kids who remind them of their own vulnerability. And I thought that was very true based on what I've seen in the classroom. Vanderkolk wants to emphasize that this is a public health issue. It, it's a great book, so I hope you check it out. I'm really into doing these book reviews, although this is the first one I've done and now I'm gonna have to like edit this because it was way too long and I, I feel like I could go on and on about this book. Again, it's very dense and the first, I, you know, I listened to it. So the first like eight hours, I was just reliving any sort of trauma I've had because it's all about different things that can happen to people and cause trauma and triggers and what happens to your brain. So definitely read it in doses or read it in a way that's going to not re-traumatize you. But if you do read it, read it to the end because the end, the back half really has a lot of methods and a lot of different things you can do to heal. It was very inspiring, very much made me want to get more involved in how to make a difference through music and I think, you know, especially singing in theater is so transformative and especially for kids. I mean, they really need it in their schools. So that's all. And I hope you have a great day or evening.